Hey, I'm Shane. And I'm Lachlan. And we're from DZ Death Rays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. All right, welcome to the next episode of Introducing. How you doing? Introducing. It's a nice little slang way of saying it. No, it's introducing, and I'm introducing you guys to DZ Death Rays, the Brizzy Boys. If you've been to a uh, festival in this country, you know I'm talking about. If you've seen their solo shows, you're probably still in pain, in good pain, from being thrown around in a DZ mosh. Mark Ronson describes these guys as brilliant videos and songs and a great sense of humour and style. Maya, they speak to my soul. It just feels good listening to their music. Pitchfork, more than worth going deaf to. Just some of these stellar reviews from around the world. We chat about their sixth studio album. Can you believe it? Six albums for these boys. Riff, R-I-F-F. It's out June 2. The latest single, Tough Luck is a Belter. The film clip, equally belting, and they don't really confirm any dates, but they will go on a huge tour to celebrate this record. We chat all things Stafford in the UK. Potentially their worst gig ever. That's on you, Stafford. Murray Wiggle jumping on stage with them at Splendour in the Grass, which is a memory I will never forget. Working for the government? What else? I just enjoy this chat. I caught up with Shane and Lockie, and as we were leaving the studio, Shane did uh, remind me that his girlfriend may have lost her sunglasses, her expensive sunglasses, in my tent in Splendour in the Grass. So, Shane's girlfriend, if you're listening, I deny all allegations because I don't want to replace them, okay? I hope you've got a nice new pair to replace them. Please enjoy my chat with DZ Death Race. Welcome to the studio. I keep thinking that you're kind of a Brisbane band via Melbourne, but you've just informed me that uh, you've both been living in Sydney for ages. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it shows yeah. what I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we still come up, like it's still sort of that thing is where the band started as a Brisbane band. Yeah. People still refer to us as a Brisbane band, but um, yeah, yeah, we've all been living separate, yeah. separate cities for ages now. And even like through COVID, we didn't see each other for 11 months because Simon was in Brisbane, Lachlan was in Melbourne, and yeah. I was in Sydney. Yeah. And now, yeah, I'm in the Blue Mountains. He's in Sydney. Lucky's in Sydney. Simon's in Brisbane. And we've got Luke Henry playing bass for us. Yeah. Um, who used to play in Violent Soho. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So he's just joined the band for like the live shows and he's in the Gold Coast. So we're all still spread apart. But- you're spread apart, but I guess I'm assuming though, um, like, you know, when you're touring, you're in each other's pockets at all times. So yeah. when it's eventually time to go home, you're like, thank God. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. I think that's probably why touring is so fun because we haven't seen each other for a while and then it's like a reunion Yeah, every yeah. time we tour. Every weekend. Yeah. Well, yeah, how has the tour been going? Because you've been playing with Regurgitator. Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, we kind of really landed on our feet with that one because it just came out of nowhere. Um, I think I was working at a festival down in uh, Wollongong and their manager was there with Regurgitator and he sort of said, oh, would you be interested? And I said, oh, maybe, let's see. And then, yeah, it all came to work out and now we're out in the room. We did, did like, you know, two sold out forums and yeah. Roundhouse sold out and then last night in Canberra sold out and going to Thebiton and so, well, tell us about Riff. The album comes out on June 2, which is also the date that you're playing at Crowbar in Sydney. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about Riff. What, well, firstly, what does it stand for? Because it's R.I.F.F. Yeah. So, it's Remember It's For Fun. Right. Which is a little uh, mantra that we've sort of had over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, it started in Wagga Wagga and we were playing a show that was not going to be great. 
and I think they gave us like a classroom is at the university with a whiteboard and we were just mucking around before the, the show and I sort of was like, we're going to have to use the riff system tonight and remember it's for fun and we're going to get there and it's <laughs> going to have a that. good time. <laughs> but, but that sort of carried on and we would be travelling overseas and, you know, not every show you do is amazing, especially when you're doing like 20 shows through Europe or America or whatever. And so we had to use that system quite a bit where we're like, <laughs> all right, just get out. There's 20 people. We've got to really just, you know, remember why we're here. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That, so, that um, Wagga Wagga show has actually turned out really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, I'm assuming most shows would turn out pretty good though, wouldn't they? Like, is it, what, yeah. unless there's been an absolute stinker, which oh, you're yeah. welcome to talk to us about. <laughs> Stafford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, how, but how is it a stinker? Like, you guys know what you're doing, right? I've seen you live enough. Yeah. Is it the crowd's fault? Is it the, the sound engineers or is it just a combination? of the universe yeah letting you down i don't know if anyone's ever been to stafford in the uk but <laughs> I it's haven't. a pretty uh dire Grim. spot yeah the guy who put the show on was really lovely but the stage <laughs> had a pole in the middle of the stage so you couldn't really i don't know you couldn't really do anything on stage move and then like simon was playing drums and every time he went moved his elbow mm. back he would hit the power for the stage to turn off all the amplifiers. <laughs> Remember, it's for fun, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we were. Yes. Yeah, there it was like very six much people there. But having said that, they did give us our full rider, so yeah. that helped. Lots of whiskey. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's that, the main thing. That, so it, ended, it always ends well then. Yeah, yeah. But that was a definitely we had to use the riff system for that one. Because your music in the UK, like I actually, I'm trying to work out where I read it, but yeah, I think it was NME magazine in the UK. This is one of my favourites. About I think this was this about your debut album. Do you remember this quote? <laughs> that this album has the potential to make your little sister want to shave her head and dress in mock leather hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, the UK obviously uh, loves your stuff. That must be that must be weird, right? Coming from well, you, you kind of be making music at, at home back then in Brisbane, and you were playing at house parties a lot. And then to one day be playing on the other side of the world and, and getting, apart from Stafford, <laughs> get, getting good energy back. That, that must be an insane oh, feeling. It is. And, you know, when we first started the band, like Simon and I were in a band before this band, which was sort of the first iteration of sort of this thing. And then before that, I was in another band and Simon was in doing sort of other gigs and we just never got any shows. And we try so hard to try and get support slots or get on gigs. And it was just the only responses we ever got were, either nothing or no and so we're like all right this next thing we're just going to make sure that it's uh we just play house plays we just do whatever we want to do and then it just happened and so all of a sudden we'd done maybe eight months of playing around brisbane just at house parties and friends gigs and stuff and then we went on tour with crystal castles and that was our first national tour and then we got a booking agent and a manager all in a week and then they were like all right well let's just get going and festivals started happening and then we'll, once we did we went to new york and then went to South by, and then we went to the UK and did the Great Escape, and it was just constant. Yeah, yeah. just rolled, just rolled, and and we sort of just I don't know, we just kept going because we're like, well, let's just see how long we can go. <laughs> and then we celebrated being a band for ten years. I was going to say you're pretty, you've got quite quite a, a back catalogue now. Yeah, it but- is. Uh, it's like you know, you think about it, it's like, it's like 100, 100 songs that have been released. Yeah, um, and then so probably more like five hundred to six hundred that have been written. Yeah. Um, and then all the other ideas on top of that. So, yeah, but it's a great 
I don't know, we're just lucky to be able to be able to do this. What was the moment or the song or the show where you kind of maybe all looked at each other and went, this is actually going to be our job now? Like, was it a, mm. was a specific release or was it just how something felt at South by Southwest? Or I think it was when I was working a job in an office in Brisbane and um, my manager said that I'd have to just pretty much quit otherwise they'd fire me because I was taking so much leave without pay because <laughs> yeah. I was away all the time yeah. I'm like all right well what were you I'm- doing what, what was your what was your career path both of you before yeah <laughs> what I was your real job QPS for <laughs> a while there which is the Queensland Police Service <laughs> did you really office there which was you very bloody interesting. oh <laughs> uh, pig <laughs> yeah yeah it was interesting to say the least um but uh yeah and then I don't know. Before that, was just working in like government offices. Yeah, right. Um, so you know. probably would you have to wear a suit to work every day and have no, a just a button up shirt. Okay, just, yeah, okay. yeah, it's gotten real relaxed now. Yeah, Simon. <laughs> Simon ori- originally got me into those jobs because I finished my uni degree and yeah. I was looking for jobs around, and there was sort of nothing that I wanted to do or, or would pay okay. And he was like, "You should just come work for the government because they pay really well." <laughs> <laughs> so I was just doing that, and then we were just playing shows. I was like, "Oh, this is easy." Yeah, you know, go back in on Monday morning, hungover. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Lucky? Uh I worked in a mailroom for a stockbroking company. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is very boring. Yeah, and then I um, good, good people though stockbrokers. <laughs> and then we went on tour. I think we did like Europe and Canada. Yeah, and I just didn't go back. And then they emailed me like a year later saying, hey, uh, do you want to come back to work? And I was like, nah, it's going to be real busy this year. And then the yeah, whole COVID thing happened and yeah, I still didn't go back. That's like, perfect. I was like, I'm not going back. Nah. So, so was it meeting um, through playing in different bands in Brisbane? Is that how you guys got together? We met, um, my old band was playing with uh, DZ and mm. Children Collide. Yeah, we were together. Met. Yeah, right. That's where we first met. And then Shane wouldn't stop asking me to play guitar for him. I'm sure that how that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> we had a we had like where we sort of did the second record, we added some extra guitars. So we had a friend who was over in uh the UK just sort of having a, a year off kind of working and he didn't really ever play in bands, but he joined the band and would just sort of come on tour with us. He toured for about three months with us. And I was like, So next year, what do you reckon? He's like it's not for me, man. <laughs> like, yeah. It takes a certain type of person to be able to do this. Yeah, mm. of course. <laughs> so, what were you guys? Uh, what were you listening to in Brisbane? Because Brisbane, I lived there for a couple of years, and it's it's got an incredible music scene. I reckon. Mm. I think it still does. There's, there's this this attitude of that you're punching. You got to punch through a little bit. You got to be a bit more noticeable because you're not you're not Sydney or Melbourne. Ah, uh, yeah, and it's also really um, everyone sort of a lot of people playing that like each other's bands. So they'll be like, and they'll have different. It's like sort of genre hopping a little yeah, bit, yeah, um, and really supportive. That's, that's what we found when we first started. Once we sort of started getting sort of gigs in Brisbane and having for everyone would rock up to each other's shows, and yeah, I think that was a really good sort of way of nurturing um, the band at the start. It's just the support that was there in Brisbane. Yeah, in terms of bands, but yeah, who are you writing on your pencil case? Powderfinger, uh, oh, Powderfinger, yeah, obviously, of course, <laughs> amazing. Um, the Gurge. Yeah, well, Regurgitator, you know, I was old enough to remember Unit. My dad bought me, had to buy me Unit because it was, you had to be over 18 to oh, buy really? it from Brashes. <laughs> and it was covered in, um, like cling film, oh, yeah. and, and then yeah, it had yeah. stickers over the a sticker over the song titles because oh. one of them, I think, I sucked a lot of cock to get where I am. I was like, yeah, oh well, yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, right? So 
when I first started playing Violent Soho, were, yes. um, it's actually Simon's sister's 21st birthday. She was friends with them and they played in this basement of this pub. And I was like, this is, I was blown away by how good they were. Yeah. And so I just was like a super fan and would go to see them <laughs> play house parties. Um, and yeah, sort of, I remember just being really drunk all the time and sort of like, oh, I want to manage you guys. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> and then, and then the next morning, like completely forgetting that I was even <laughs> probably talking to them. But, um, yeah. I saw them at the UNSW roundhouse, must have been last year or something. Mm-hmm. Then there was blood. Like there was, <laughs> so I, I saw what there was one great scene where I saw this guy getting his girlfriend just to hold all his stuff for him while he just <laughs> belted his way into the middle. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. The mosh pit is fun. It's actually, it's pretty funny. Like I'm doing this regurgitator run. Obviously mm. the crowd's a little bit older and there, there isn't really a mosh pit, but it's great for us because we were sort of, you know, sort of got to work hard to impress <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of the other times when you play shows, it's just chaos and you're kind of just giving background noise mm. to chaos. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Breaking barriers and yeah. you know, blood, smash glass. Yeah. yeah. What was it, the tote or somewhere that you played where mm. the whole floor was covered in glass? Oh, really? Yeah, the yeah. Show? yeah that-, that was the show when we said, hey, um, no more glass at shows, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm surprised the venue didn't have that rule. Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why, does, why does the band have to have that rule? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too dangerous. So, um, house parties where you started, and I, I know you were saying it was it's hard to kind of get shows and things. You re- released like your first EP was from a house party, wasn't it? Uh, the first EP was uh, called "Ruined My Life," and uh, <laughs> it was just demos. Yeah, okay. And then the second one, the second we one was. we did a couple of singles, and then we recorded at a at a house party. Right. Okay. And there's some tracks on there that are just from a house party. Yeah. And it was loose, and there was like pedals getting kicked out, and it was a bit chaotic, but it sort of worked. You know? Yeah. Um, and it was fun. It was just kind of something that we love to do and we wanted to sort of put it on, on record. I'd love to go and do it again. Yeah. But I think it's quite hard to do house parties oh, yeah. because no one has houses. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> so, putting the debut together then, Bloodstreams, what, what, was that? do you remember that as being like, was that an easy process or was that a lot of blood, sweat and tears? Um, it was one of those records, I think, because we had the songs for years. Yeah. And so, we had been playing them live for a you know, two or three years. Yeah. Um, so, we went in to record. We kind of just recorded them as they were. And I remember Richard Pike, who produced it, being like, um, you guys need to change this bit so that, you know, the, the rhythm needs to change here or the field needs to change here. And we're like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. That's not going to happen. I can't do it. Nowadays, very, I'm way more flexible in terms of making changes to yeah. records but that one we were very much set in our own way and that is just it is what it is it's the band that we were at that point yeah um and funnily enough like i listened back to that and i'm like man my voice was so raspy but the reason was is i had come back from europe and i had this cough and it um turned out to be whooping cough <laughs> and i had it for like two weeks yeah. and i was i went to the sunshine coast and i was like i was get some air down at the beach you know, fresh air will fix me up. And I was walking along the boardwalk and I was coughing and this guy behind me was like, mate, I've had asthma my whole life. I've never heard a cough that bad. Go to the doctor. Oh, <laughs> so, that was after you were uh... While he went to the doctor, <laughs> he was like, mm, I'm going to give you a test and then take these three tablets. And then he called me up at the studio. He's like, yeah, you've got whooping cough. Now I need to do like a thing to say, um, do you work in 
like childcare or do you have children and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, no, no. And he goes, well, I've already given you the drugs that you need to fix you up. And I was like, he said, are you feeling better? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling better now. So, but that's why it was um, <laughs> yeah. so raspy is because I'd been coughing that's straight hilarious. two weeks before it. Yeah, <laughs> The old whooping cough album. Yeah, whooping cough. Brutal. <laughs> so then I guess because well, that, that's generally you hear that with bands with the first album because you kind of, you didn't do it for any other reason than that and you just absolutely yeah. loved these songs and these songs worked for you. So was there then pressure on the second album? Because sometimes you hear that that's the album that actually is the harder one to put together because now people are expecting something from you. Yeah. The second one um, was harder and I think what happened, I can't remember if it was that one. I think that one, we had a lot of the songs sort of half made and then we went mm. and did a, a week at the um, the Grove Studios up in Gosford. Yep. And Burke Reed produced that record. And so we, what we did is we did this thing called pre-production where we went in and sort of worked out all the songs and the BPMs and wrote lyrics and sort of finished them so that when we went back to do the, do the actual recording, it was ready to go. Like it was at 90%, you know. Um, but so Scott had bought The Grove from Hillsong and <laughs> who it was originally in excess bass player built the studio. And yeah. Hillsong had it. Yeah. They sort of ran it into the ground a little bit. Scott bought it and he was trying to fix it up but he was just there and it was like this week of just drinking vbs margaritas <laughs> every night and um waking up so hungover and then having to go in and, re- and like sort of work on these songs what time did you start what time did your day start probably about <laughs> yeah. 11 okay that's all right yeah it's not but, too bad like the night would finish at three <laughs> yeah. um but burke reed would he'd sit there and he'd have this drum machine on through an amplifier and just trying to find bpms and we just have to play the songs over and over and over again with this huge drum machine sort of like belting through our heads and he'd sit there and he'd just be asleep and as soon as the song would finish he'd wake his eyes up and he goes uh again and then put, oh, no. yeah so but it was good you know and then we we got all the songs sorted yeah and had a really really fun time for a week and a bit yeah. and then we went back in the new year and recorded the record um and yeah that was sort of the one i think the second one was the one that kind of i don't know maybe gave us a bit more of a widespread yeah listenership yep um yeah so then let's fast forward to riff then how, how was how was recording that album for you guys was it a bit was it a bit covert induced as well or yeah it was all covert yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay i was in sydney and i actually the nathan who nathan she he, he produced the record for us and I'd met him through some friends and um, because we were in Sydney and I, I just started working with him and I was like, we just went in the studio because we are bored yeah. and started like recording songs. But because of that, like because we were sort of had no time frame, nothing, we were, it really blew out in time. It took us like two years yeah, right. to record this record <laughs> and we redid things over and over and fixed things. I'm like, oh, Simon, can you send me some drums from Brisbane? And you do drums. Uh no, we'll wait for the borders to open up. Then you can come <laughs> to Sydney and we'll do the drums. You do the drums. Like, it's not quite right. We're going to have to get you to Sydney and do the drums again. And sort of like that was the kind of process for this record. It yeah. took a really, really long time. Next time we do an album or an EP or whatever, I just want to go in and do it in a week. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. But it did mean that we spent a lot of time sort of thinking about the way everything worked on the record. Yeah. Um, and a lot of ideas were thrown at it. 
Um, so for me, it's like one of my favorite records because there are so many ideas in there. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just actually watched the uh, the Tough Luck video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, videos, obviously, you guys are pretty known for your for your videos. How, how important is that? Do you think nowadays? Because I mean, my my kids they consume their music on YouTube. Like they're mm. like they've got young kids, but that's where they go to to watch or to listen to music is YouTube. Um, how important is it for you guys? It's really important. Yeah, I think because to have a video out when the song comes out too, like yeah, I, I yeah. remember, like the song had to work before you invested money into mm, to the video. Right, yeah, <laughs> and nowadays it's like you just got to have so much content. Yeah, in general, oh, yeah. Um, but you know, people, how much does it cost to record a record? I, I'd say like you know, if you're doing it on our budget, it's like maybe ten grand sort of to record yeah. it. Yeah, that's like two music videos on the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so you're thinking about like if you're doing like four or five singles, oh, yeah, spending a lot of money. I mean, there's artists out there who spend millions of dollars of on on. They're, they're the ones I'm assuming that that's a big big trend at the moment is having who the director is at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> so maybe that costs a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice flex. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, it's really important. Um, we've always just tried to make them kind of funny and yeah. fun and silly. And, yeah, you know. Um, not take ourselves too seriously. I think Murray Wiggle is one of my favourites, which I think yeah. is one of the more popular ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It he worked said, out really well. He said he was so tired after that shoot, dancing like all day. He's like, all I was day. sore for days. Did you walk up to him and ask him one of the many Newtown pubs he hangs out in? Because I always see yeah, Murray yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's such a nice guy. He's the loveliest guy. Yeah. Um, I actually, had, we were at a, sh- I went and saw you and my play at the Vic on the Park. Yeah. And I remember seeing Murray get up on stage there. I was like, that's so awesome. And then yeah. everyone's like, yeah, he's always like playing gigs or like hanging out at pubs and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. So, I even took my kids to a Wiggles show at the Enmore and it was the Wiggles uh, like after him. So, it wasn't his lineup and he popped in because he just lives down the, down the road yeah, and just yeah. popped in and did two songs and then went back home. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a great guy and like he did that video for us like for free. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I, I like the, the guys. I'm keen for the video. But he- and Then he got, got a taste worked. for the music and he's like, I want to play gigs again. <laughs> yeah. Real big gigs. Yeah, yeah. And we did Splendor with him. Yeah. Oh, did Hilarious. you? Yeah, we brought him out and did two songs. We did um, Highway to Hell and um, Like People. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, got him to join in on guitar and and, and then, yeah, <laughs> he, did all, like, he knew how to play Highway to Hell and he's like, I can do the solo and everything. Like, all right, let's learn that one then. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, congrats on the album. I'm loving what I've heard. It's out June 2, um, coinciding with your gig at the Crowbar in Sydney. We'd like to finish off, though, with you introducing us to someone that you're both listening to. So, something that you love. It doesn't have to be brand new. If, it, if it's not, can be nostalgic. But who would you like to introduce us to? Um, there's an artist from New York called Binky. Yeah. B-I-N-K-I. And yeah. he's amazing. Okay. I've- yeah, I've sort of been listening to his. He has an EP that came out a little while ago called Motor Function, and I've been listening to that straight for so long. Just the same four songs, but he's just putting out some new music now. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, it's great. Lucky. Um, I would say Dust from Newcastle. Oh yeah, they're starting to kind of blow up a bit, but um, it's kind of like post punky, but like with saxophone. That's just really cool. Yeah, nice. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the album release. What do you got planned for the album release? Because you've just wrapped up a tour. You're going on tour? Uh, yes, there'll be shows. <laughs> yeah. 20 shows. Yeah, there'll be shows. Um, we've got the crowbar. Is like like the, That's like a front bar show yeah. launch party, free entry. We just want to have okay. a party. Like It's, it's kind of like the closest thing we can get to one of, having one of those house parties again. Mm. Yeah. But we're doing it in the pub. Okay. Um, so when does the big tour kick off then? 
Um, well, we don't know yet. Well, we haven't announced it yet. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. So we'll. <laughs> well, that makes me feel better about know, not knowing yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it so, like, should I know when that is? I mean, it'd be silly not to do a tour. So <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Everyone assumes. I was going to say you're not going to wrap up a tour and then yeah. just release an album later. <laughs>